Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. 48 Hours presents A 20-Year Mystery Now with a stunning new conclusion. The mountains were absolutely amazing. We would fly down the water line and it was just gorgeous. You could see glaciers. It was great, I never saw anything like it. Alaska is big. It's cold. It's brutal. It's unforgiving. It's also the place where bad people come to get away. We have a, a lot of cases up here dealing with a lot of wackadoos, and uh, this is one of them. This case is about money, it's about power, it's about greed, it's about sex. Kent Lepink was found lying on his back. Uh, his legs were crossed. The victim in this case was shot three times. And this was a very personal crime. He was fun, he was energetic, he was adventurous, he was full of the old gee whiz. And he said, Mom, I've met the most wonderful girl in the world. I have fallen in love. Her name is Michelle Hughes. Michelle was a stripper who worked at the Alaska Bush Company. And that's where she basically stalked her prey. It was work. And that's all it was. I thought I could do it. 
and save up enough money just for school. Kent proposed to Michelle about a month after he met her, and she accepted. Ten days after that, she got engaged to Scott Hilke. Several months later, John Carlin the third came along. She was engaged to him. And she just overwhelmed these men. They were sucked in. Kent Lepink um, ends up dead as a result of his relationship with Michelle. Michelle Hughes went on to become Michelle Linehan. Michelle's such a charming woman. I introduced her to most all of my friends, and all of my friends were so very impressed with her as well. She became a mom, moved to Washington, and she became a woman with a master's degree. I continued to go to school. It's very active in my daughter's school and our church. Married to a doctor with an eight-year-old daughter, somebody who both gave back to the community and was a volunteer in all sorts of organizations. I knew that she had been in Alaska. I, I didn't know there was any trouble in her past. There's no doubt in my mind that John Carlin III and Michelle acted together to kill Kent Lepink. There's no DNA, there's no hard evidence. There's nothing that irrefutably links Michelle or John to the murder of Kent Lepink. And I did not kill Kent Lepink. I have to look at right, Mr. Lepping, I did not kill your son. This is the strangest case I've ever worked on. I haven't even heard of a case this weird. Since we aired this story, the whole nature of this case has changed, and so has the outcome, with some stunning new developments. But when it all began, Michelle Lenahan found herself the focus of a complex murder investigation. I just feel like... There's nothing I can do to make people believe me or make people like me. It hurts me that it hurts me that the family would think that I did it. Michelle is a chameleon. She's going to portray to other people what she thinks is in her best interest. The evidence is going to show that she is a conniving witch. Yeah, well, a witch I might be, but a psychopath, clearly I'm not. I'm Susan Spencer. Tonight on 48 Hours, Love and Death in Alaska. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners. 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're a fan of 48 hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. 
a thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. My customers are really lonely. It's sad, but it's true. When you're a stripper, you have 50 boyfriends a night. You do, and that's just the way it is. Tina Brady ought to know. Over more than 15 years, she's seen a lot of men pass through the Great Alaskan Bush Company. Try wearing these to PTA. But she remembers a time when they all seemed to go after one particular woman. Michelle, to me, was a really hot showgirl. Michelle Hughes. She was gorgeous. One of our top girls. I mean, when she danced, I always wanted to know her secret because I know she had one. Michelle Hughes came here because she wanted to make big money. Reporter Megan Holland, formerly of the Anchorage Daily News, has been covering this story. And she says Michelle did what she set out to do. She was making $1,000 to $3,000 a night. But that was then. A decade later, Michelle was living near Seattle with her master's degree, physician husband, and daughter. We like to cook together as a family. It's loud and it's a busy house, and I love it. She's definitely one of the most fair-minded, generous people. She always had good words of wisdom. Pals like Christina Hermack say the Michelle they know fits right in. The person that she is now and has been for the last seven years is a, a wonderful woman. Certainly, the woman she is now bears little resemblance to the starry-eyed 18-year-old girl who left Louisiana for New York to work in a modeling agency. In 1994, Michelle headed further north. She'd been dancing at the Great Alaskan Bush Company only a few months when a shy 35-year-old fisherman walked in the door. His name was Kent Lepink. Kent's 6'4", and he always dressed cowboy boots, big hat. According to his parents, Betsy and Kent, he had always had an impulsive streak. He lived right on the edge all the time. And sometimes he lost his footing. He'd been in trouble, caught skimming money from the family business in Michigan. 
they'd hoped Alaska would be a new start. He worked on a boat that picks the fish up and takes them to the fisheries. He really loved what he was doing. And I, and I thought that was neat. Kent also saw it as a break from his past. And when he met Michelle Hughes, he thought he had found his future. He seemed to be head over heels in love with this woman. Oh, yes, very much so. Yeah. So much so that he'd proposed after just a month. I think he truly wanted to marry her. They'd even talked about going into business together. He just uh, <laughs> worshipped her. He did not tell us he, she was a dancer. A fact left out when Ken and Betsy Lepping had met Michelle in Anchorage. They were underwhelmed anyway. She would kind of pull back a bit physically when he'd put his arm around her. It's hard for a mother to be that honest, but she didn't love him like he loved her. Did you have any sense that there were any other men in this woman's life? No, no. none. Well, I, I was suspicious. Ah, a mother's intuition. I've never met anyone like Michelle Hughes in my life, and I've not met anyone like that since. When traveling salesman Scott Hilke met her at the club late in 1994, he fell hard, too. Indeed. You fell in love with this I woman? I did. I was in love with her, yes. Hilke says he soon asked Michelle to marry him, becoming another fiancé. Did you, at the time you proposed, did you have a clue that Kent Lepink had proposed to Michelle and that she had accepted his proposal? No clue whatsoever. He's telling his parents that he's met the love of his life. I told my parents the same thing. And then there was John Carlin. I mean, she brings out a charm that just, it's like a magnet, it makes you feel good. Carlin had just lost his wife to cancer and was raising his teenage son alone. He wandered into the club in the summer of 1995. She's mesmerizing. She really should have gone to Hollywood. By the time he discovered she was seeing other men, he was in too deep to care. I was in love with her. So I said, what the heck? Carlin professed his love, and around Christmas of 1995 says he popped the question. So, are you still with us here? It is mind-boggling, but prosecutors say that over an 18-month period, Michelle did have three fiancés, or at least three guys who seemed to think they were her fiancés. Even more confusing, for part of that time, she lived in the same house with two of them, though not always the same two. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? 
pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. So everybody's kind of in and out of this house? That is correct. How does this happen? (laughs) I have no clue. became entangled in this bizarre, wasn't even a love triangle, it was like a love hexagon. What is it about this woman? I think she outsmarts most people that she gets involved with. I think that she reads the situation, figures out how to recreate her personality in such a way that she will profit from that. And profit she did from every boyfriend. She got lots of jewelry, she got lots of furs. Not to mention car payments, house repairs, diamonds, all went on the tab. A lot of regulars buy you gifts. Michelle did not do anything differently than any other dancer. After work one day, Tina reminded us that Michelle's fiancés also were her customers. And they were all at least 10 years older than she was. I don't think that she had any intent on marrying anyone. Tina says Michelle was just playing the game. Michelle had a way. She had a way of going, love me. And love me till 2.30. And then at 2.30, I'm going home. Scott Hilke finally got the message. We were planning on a year uh, engagement. And that year came and went. By late 1995, he had had it. We didn't get married. And it was obvious at that point that we weren't going to. Though he and Michelle would still see one another on and off, he left Alaska, which only made John Carlin turn up the heat. Our relationship started to go into full bloom when she broke up with Scott. Remember Kent Lepping? Well, his mother says he was telling his family to get ready for a wedding. Did you assume they would get married? Yes, yes. On a trip to Anchorage in the spring of 1996, his dad says he was expecting to see his future daughter-in-law. She was supposed to meet with us, and uh, we were trying to get a date set. They kept changing dates. But he says by the time he got there, Michelle was mysteriously missing. Kent was mortified. And he was just kind of beside himself because she didn't appear on the scene and I had come up there and all this. Upset, Kent's dad says he went back to Michigan, not realizing that within hours of his departure, Kent had mailed his parents a letter, a letter so alarming that when they got it, they immediately called, but they failed to reach him. Actually, it was a letter inside a letter. And the first letter asked us not to read the second letter unless something happened to him. Something already had. Kent Lepping's body was found off this deserted road 90 miles south of Anchorage on May 2nd, 1996, the day the letter arrived. 
He'd been shot three times, point blank. There were shell casings near his body, but no murder weapon to be found. It was about five o'clock on a Saturday morning. Our son Ransom and his wife were banging on our door and the sheriff had gone to their house. Yeah, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible moment. Hell. And in that same awful moment, the Lepinks remembered that second letter. We had a letter from the victim saying, if I'm dead, this is who killed me. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Old Detective Linda Branchflower has been down this remote road before. There was an electrical crew that was coming up to check the radar station, which is many times, in fact, since the veteran cops started investigating the Kent Lepping murder case. We thought it was a workable case because there were suspects that were clearly developed. The isolated road is near Hope, Alaska, some 90 miles south of Anchorage. The driver looked up this road and he saw something red in the trail, and that's when he discovered Kent Lepping's body. Do you think for one second that they thought that his body ever would be found? I think they thought if it was found, it wouldn't be found anytime soon, and it wouldn't be found intact, and uh, they probably thought that if bears got to the body, that uh, evidence of murder would be gone. As it was, it was impossible to determine an exact time of death, only that it had been within a day or two. Well, we got... Uh... Three evidence items listed. Steve Dehart was among the first investigators to get to the crime scene. The empty 44 uh, Magnum casing found at the crime scene in Hope, Alaska. He never imagined for a second that the victim himself would provide even more critical clues. There was a letter to his parents. Actually, remember, there were two letters, one inside the other. Put in your uh, safe deposit box. If you think anything fishy has happened to me, then you can open up the other envelope. They say they agonized, but in the end, honored Kent's wishes. I was going to just open the other letter, and then I thought, no. What did you think when you get this first one that says, 
you know, don't open the second one unless something terrible happens to me. Absolutely scared to pieces. Scared and confused, which made the devastating news of Kent's death even harder to bear. Oh, it's the most painful thing that's ever happened to us. First thing we did was open the second letter. It was terrible. Um, we were, yeah, it was really terrible. For in that second letter, Kent seems to solve his own murder. Michelle, John, or Scott were the people or persons that probably killed me. Do me another favor. Make sure Michelle goes to jail for a long time. Everything was happening so fast that, yeah. So what could I have done to have kept him alive? And uh, there are not answers for that. There just aren't answers for that. The letters gave police at the time three ready-made suspects. I hate to be vindictive in my death, but paybacks are hell. Michelle and her two remaining suitors, John Carlin. The letter Kent mailed to his parents narrowed their scope of investigation. And Scott Hilke. I was surprised that you know there was any suspicion thrown on me. Surprised, Hilke says, because he was in Lake Tahoe, thousands of miles away. Though they'd broken up, Michelle had asked him to meet her there. He now thinks the timing was no accident. Her intent was to be out of the state when anything bad that was going to happen happened. I believe now that I was used as an alibi. For the record, did you shoot Kent Lepping? No, I did not. He may sound like he means it, but Hilke failed a polygraph on that one all-important question. Did you fire the shots fatal, Dan? No. Your overall score indicated that you were deceptive and that you were most deceptive when asked, did you shoot Kent Lepping? Well, I think that's interesting because obviously I wasn't there and obviously I didn't do it. Polygraphs, you know, sometimes are helpful, but they're just a tool. And uh, sometimes they are absolutely wrong. Investigators came to believe this one was wrong. Although they never checked all the airline and phone records, they nonetheless decided that Hilke, in fact, had not been in Alaska. Michelle, however, had flown back the night before Kent was found. A day later, police interviewed her. She begins to sob. When did it happen? We don't even know that for sure. Later, through tears, she tells them that Kent did own a gun. He's got a handgun, a big gun. She also told them something else. In their minds, the most incriminating fact of all. There was a $1 million insurance policy on Kent's life. Nobody buys a life insurance policy for a wedding gift. Investigators say that's exactly what Michelle had done, paying for the policy herself and naming, guess who, as the main beneficiary. It was insane. I was afraid, and I told him that. He said, Mom, I'm a big boy. But even Kent had second thoughts. A clue at the crime scene proved it. 
What exactly was found on the body itself? Well, his wallet was on his body. Um, he had jewelry. His watch and necklace were on his body. Um, also, uh, he had a change of beneficiary form. And this is a uh, change of beneficiary form from uh, New York Life. After days of indecision, Kent had taken Michelle off the policy completely. But if she didn't know that, then the million dollars could be a million motives. Kent had no more money. His only value would be a life insurance policy. If Michelle had a motive, did she perhaps also have help? To police, a mysterious note found days later in Kent's car. Well, it's become known as the Hope Note. It has the name John typed there at the bottom hinted at a conspiracy with John Carlin. What exactly is the Hope note? He uh, indicates in the note that he purchased this cabin for her in Hope, Alaska. And what about this cabin in Hope? There is none. So they, they just invented this? Yes, they made it up. But the cabin sounds very real in the typed note, a hoax made to look like a genuine exchange between Carlin and Michelle and meant for Kent to find. Carlin writes he's fixed the roof, cleaned the fireplace. You guys enjoy your stay, he says, making it sound like Michelle won't be alone that weekend. She scrawls back, great, please don't let anyone know where we're at. Love you and thanks again. Prosecutors say the note was meant to lure Kent to Hope in search of Michelle, who actually was in Lake Tahoe with Scott Hilke. The note worked at least once. A few days before his murder, a distraught Kent drove to Hope. Cafe owner Maria Motoyama remembers meeting him. He came in and uh, showed a picture of uh, a blonde girl. He wanted to know if we had seen her in town and said she was his fiance. Frustrated, Kent returned to Anchorage, only to be found dead back in Hope a few days later. No proof how he got there or who killed him. Investigators had no witnesses, no murder weapon, no direct evidence. Over time, officers were transferred out of the area. The investigation stalled. They had the life insurance policy. Yes. They had Kent Lepink's letters to yes. his parents predicting that if something happened to him, you know, these, these people... would be the people who would have done it. Yes. And yet, no charges. No charges. Scott Hilke already was living in California. Carlin and Michelle were free to leave Alaska, and separately, each soon did. It appeared to me like, like maybe it would never get solved. Michelle finally settled in Washington, neatly shedding her past. Um, I did a lot of volunteer work in our community from the beginning when we got there. I continued to go to school. And for eight long years, Alaska seemed forgotten. Then one day, detectives knocked on the door of her neat suburban home. They asked for clarification on certain statements I had made in the past, so I, I tried to help them as much as I could. I was just shocked by it. And I was just really shaken up. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. I think that it's a normal progression of life that you you have a job, you go to school, you get married, you might have a family. And I think that's where, where my life went. Meet Michelle Lenahan, formerly exotic dancing star Michelle Hughes. And they told me to apply in person. And we walked in and there was this woman on stage and I just stood there, and my jaw dropped. And it was the first time I had ever been in a place like that. At the Great Alaskan Bush Company, Michelle caught on fast. But she insists she always saw stripping as just a means to an end. I would go to work, and I kept my goal in mind. My goal was to make money and leave. And leave she did. Just months after Kent Lepping's murder, Michelle left Alaska for good, eventually settling in Olympia, Washington. I went to school full time. And talk about reinventing yourself. Um, I studied biology and psychology, and I got a master's in public administration. In 1998, in New Orleans, she married a young doctor named Colin Lenahan just a day after he graduated med school. I'm not a big uh, believer in love at first sight, but it's probably as uh, close as you can get. A year later, they had a daughter. I've known this woman for 10 years. I catch myself just, wow, she's amazing. And her daughter, our daughter, adores her. Their life together in Olympia, Michelle says, was the very definition of normal. We have pizza night. The neighbors come over and they bring their kids and we have just lots of dough and cheese everywhere. It's a mess and I love it. In 2004, Colin served an army tour in Iraq. And for a year, Michelle was a single mother, but she had a strong network of friends. Michelle's beautiful on the inside as she is on the out. Michelle's close friend, Christina Hermack. Michelle's vivacious and friendly, intelligent and witty. Michelle is a lethal chameleon, if there is such a thing. Detective Linda Branchflower says be careful. Michelle's whole life is a facade. She can change herself to fit any situation and play any role. She's deadly. She came to that conclusion in 2004, soon after joining Alaska's new cold case unit. 
investigators quickly made the eight-year-old Lepink murder a top priority. Did you really look for any other suspects when you started probing this again? We, we went where the evidence led us, and we didn't find anything in our investigation to indicate anybody else could have done it. So. I, honestly, I honestly thought it had gone away. It soon did go away for Scott Hilke. Did you fire the shots fatal to him? Who was ruled out despite that failed polygraph. We did try to investigate whether or not Hilke knew that the murder was going to take place. And there was nothing to indicate that at all. Branch Flower badly needed a break. And on a pair of old computers seized in the original investigation, she found it. Many of the emails had been deleted back then, but with the technology that we had in 2004, we were able to do a lot more with the computers. What exactly did you find on this computer? Well, they were, they were able to pull up emails between Kent and Michelle, Michelle and Carlin, Michelle and Hilke that indicate different things of their relationship. Scores of emails, some silly, some meaningless, but very interesting to investigators. In an exchange between Michelle and Kent, you should not be concerned about John. He's more a brother or even a father to me. But in an email to Carlin, you are the most important thing in my life. I need you more than you ever will know. First of all, to show how manipulative she is being. Special cold case prosecutor, Pat Gullifson. That she is saying one thing to one person, another thing to another person. But manipulation and murder are two different things. Is there any specific evidence in those emails that connects Michelle to Kent Lepping's death? I think you come real close with the Seychelles email. The so-called Seychelles email was sent from Michelle to Carlin just days before the murder. It seems to suggest that the tiny island chain off the African coast just might be a safe haven from the law. Did you know that you can buy a citizenship in the Seychelles for around 10 mil, she asks? No matter what crimes you have committed, they will not extradite. It's the whole idea that she's talking about not being extradited. When you start putting that together with the rest of the evidence, it's pretty strong that there's something going on there that extradition is important to. Investigators decided the emails were a very good start, but not strong enough to make a solid case in court. They needed the missing murder weapon. They knew from markings on the bullets it was an unusual gun. This is a 44 caliber Desert Eagle. This is the same type of gun that was used in the murder of Kent Lepink. Wow. With a six inch barrel. It's very heavy. It is heavy. As heavy, cumbersome, and hard to shoot. Jeez. John Carlin consistently denied ever owning one. Branch Flowers shot his story full of holes with information from an unlikely source. Carlin's own son. He'd been only 17, a juvenile at the time of the crime. His father wouldn't let us talk to him, was now an adult. Confronted by police in 2005, Carlin's now adult son decided to talk. Where did this Desert Eagle come from? Uh, my father bought it out of a newspaper. So what, he saw an ad or something? Mm -hmm. In the classifieds, yes. 
he was able to provide the link between his dad and the Desert Eagle. Branch Flower not only dug up the old ad, she found the seller, one David Stilchin. And uh, I put the gun up for sale, and the first person that called me was uh, John Carlin, and that's who bought the gun from me. But Carlin's son kept talking about what he'd seen just days after the murder. I came into the house. Michelle was standing in the doorway of the bathroom. Uh, my father was there as well and uh, the gun was in the sink and uh, was soaking in some sort of chemical. At the time, Carlin's son couldn't be sure if it was a Desert Eagle. Did anybody offer an explanation as to what they were doing with this gun? No. What did it look like he was doing? Looked like he was cleaning a gun. And to this day, he is unsure about the implications of what he saw. Who do you think killed Kent Lepping? I I lean towards a uh, party yet to be discovered. You don't think your father had anything to do with it? No. You don't think Michelle Hughes had anything to do with it? I didn't say that. But Branch Flower had no doubts. She was sure that Carlin Sr. did have a role in the murder, and she was just as sure that he had not done it alone. I think she's got some explaining to do. Branch Flower headed for Seattle with some tough questions for Michelle Linehan. When she would ask me a question, I would answer it and the best that I could, and I felt like she was just so combative with me. Michelle says from the first time the police questioned her in the days after the murder, she always cooperated fully. I told them about uh, the life insurance policy. Do you know if anybody has anything to gain from Kent's death? No, other than um, life insurance. Life insurance? Yeah. And it wasn't just the life insurance policy. She also told them about the note that she and Carlin had written about that fictitious cabin in Hope. John told you about the letter that we wrote. What letter is it? About the cabin in Hope. Investigators dismiss all this initial cooperation as Michelle just trying to cover all the bases. Michelle says, well, they would say that. They have never listened. When were you aware then, you know, oh my God, you know, they think I did this. When they were leaving, I asked them to keep me informed of what was happening. And Linda Branchflower said that I would be informed that I was gonna be indicted. In the fall of 2006, a decade after the crime, Michelle Lenahan and John Carlin were indicted for the murder of Kent Lepink. They're both charged with murder in the first degree. Michelle posted bail and was free to return to her family in Washington. I just feel like there's nothing I can do to make people believe me. John Carlin echoes her complaint. I didn't do it, bottom line. But unlike Michelle, he would spend the next six months under arrest. The day before his body was found, what, what were you doing? Well, that's the big question in him. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Carlin remains an enigma until the very day his trial begins. Please rise. Superior Court for the State of Alaska, 3rd Judicial District is now in session. Mr. Gullifson. Prosecutor Pat Gullifson tells the jury. May it please the court. This was, in effect, an execution. Kent LaPink was found dead. He had been shot three times. He is intentionally vague as to whether Carlin pulled the trigger or just pulled the strings with Michelle firing the shots. Under Alaska law, Carlin can be convicted either way. It's a story that's going to involve passion, greed, manipulation, and deception. A story made all the more tragic, Betsy Lepping says, because Kent wrote the ending himself. Do you recall when you were notified that uh, Kent had been found dead? Do you recall the day? I believe it was a Saturday morning. Did you then open the sealed portion of the letter? Oh, yes, we did. This is in part what it uh, contains. Michelle, John, and Scott were the people or persons that probably killed me, make sure they get burned. Even though Kent named John Carlin as one of his probable killers, his lawyers, Marcy McDaniel and Sidney Billingsley, whatever's most convenient for you, think they can win this circumstantial case. Are you absolutely convinced that John Carlin is innocent? I believe him. The defense tries to cast suspicion on anyone but John Carlin. Let's talk about Scott Hilkey. They ignored Scott Hilkey's potential involvement altogether. They even offer up Carlin's then-teenaged son, suggesting he could have had a relationship with Michelle. If he's an infatuated 17-year-old and she's got her hooks in him, too. Trying to discredit him before he takes the stand with his story of the gun washing. He would have every reason to lie if he did it. The police had him as a suspect. But the defense's chief suspect is Michelle herself. I think Michelle did this. She lost it, and she shot him. His lawyers pointed the finger at Michelle and said that she was a manipulative seductress, an evil woman who committed the crime herself, that John had nothing to do with it, and that she just used him as a scapegoat. She pulled the trigger and killed him for the million dollar life insurance policy. What you will not be able to eliminate and what the state will never be able to disprove is that Michelle herself, the center of everything, the hub of the wheel, acted alone. It's just that I'm sitting here on trial for my life and they're not talking about me. So let's look again at Michelle Hughes. Talking about her. Carlin says both sides were so focused on Michelle, he felt like an afterthought at his own trial. 
One day I sat there all day long, and all they did was talk about Michelle. I mean, I didn't even have to be there that day. She is back home in Olympia, awaiting her trial. But Prosecutor Gullifson insists none of this would have happened without her. John Carlin was in love with Michelle. He had spent a great deal of money on Michelle. With twin motives of love and money, all the two needed, he says, was a plan. Enter that phony hope note. Mr. Carlin and Michelle Hughes had fabricated a note and left it for Mr. LePink to find in the house. Kent believed that Michelle was in hope. In those days right before his death, he was obsessed with finding her. The note would lure a jealous Kent to hope, the prosecutor says, where Michelle or Carlin would kill him. The hope note is so strange. It's pretty astounding. Here they are purposely delivering a message to Kent in the form of this note that Carlin has bought her a cabin in hope. Uh, not only that, but that Michelle is there with somebody. Wrong, says Carlin. It was just a prank to mislead Kent, nicknamed TT, so Michelle would be free of him on her trip to see Hilke. Carlin says he didn't really want her to go, but he desperately wanted to please her. I wrote the note. I know what I wrote the note for. And it wasn't to get TT out of the house. It wasn't to get TT down to Hope. You've never had a cabin in Hope. No. The note just allowed her to go down to have be with Scott. Carlin's problem, of course, is that Kent Lepping's body turned up in Hope. I suspected that Carlin was involved. And given Michelle's grip on the men in her life, Scott Hilke isn't surprised. There is an amazing pull there. And Hilke says Kent Lepping never could see that Michelle was using him. I think he followed her around like a puppy dog. I think he was certainly willing to do anything for her that, that would ingratiate or, or strengthen his relationship with her, no question about it. When she wasn't with her boyfriends in person, Hilke says, Michelle was always on email. We would call Linda Branchflower to the stand. Emails, which, according to Linda Branchflower, prove that John Carlin in particular would have done a lot more for Michelle than just write the hope note. The most beautiful person in the world, the one I have fallen in love with, the one I would do anything in the world for, including giving up my life. Anything, including murder, Branchflower says. Why else does Michelle write the Seychelles email, helpfully explaining that for $10 million, the islands are a safe haven from the law? She just thought you'd find that interesting. Did you think I was going to go there and pay $10 million to get a citizenship in the Seychelles off a $1 million life insurance policy? No answer from Carlin to Michelle ever was found. But for Branchflower, the Seychelles email helped clinch the case. So you figured when, when you came across the Seychelles email, I mean, you thought that this is, this is really... This is good. This is good. This is, this is very... Very good. But the defense stresses that most of the emails are ambiguous or even make Carlin's case for him, showing that he and Kent were close. I value my friendships more than I value most things, Kent wrote. Thanks for being a friend. This is one of the best defense cases I've seen in a very long time. There's a lot of reasonable doubt in this case. 
but the defense is about to run up against a potentially devastating witness. Thank you, Honor. Our next witness will be John Carlin, the uh, fourth. Taking the stand to testify against his own father. Are you nervous? A bit. Who reluctantly drops his bombshell on the jury and on his dad. Do you remember seeing a pistol in the sink? Yes. And describe what you remember about that. I remember coming around the corner um, and seeing uh, Michelle and my father, uh, and there was a, a firearm in the sink, and it was the sink was about half full of a clear liquid. He didn't really want to rat on his dad, but he, you know, was just he didn't want to carry this anymore. Could you smell anything that you associated with the liquid? I did smell bleach. I felt like I was betraying my father. Um, I felt like I was betraying myself. So much so that he went to visit his father in jail just a few days later. He's doing good. I just kind of gave him a nod and it was strange. Um, he's feeling real confident. So, you know, we're hoping that he'll be walking out the door and heading to the airport by the end of the month. Apparently, Carlin didn't fully understand the impact of his testimony on his father's case. John Carlin III's lawyers offered no explanation as to why their client might have been washing a handgun after the murder. He shot my son. I know he did. I just know with all my heart he did. justice be served? I didn't mastermind this slaying. Or will this twisted tale of sex, money, and greed? One way or another, it was over. Take yet another bizarre turn. This is the strangest case I've ever worked on. This mystery will be right back. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 